Hey beautiful, I am so happy that you are here. My name's Courtney. I'm a wife, a toddler mom, and a 30-something year old Ohio girl just trying to find my thing. In this podcast, it's all about transparency with ourselves and each other. If you hang with me, we are going to build a community where self-care isn't selfish. Talking about anxiety and depression is as easy as asking about your favorite color. And we're going to try every damn day to be the best version of ourselves. So if you're ready to chase your own dreams, even after chasing around a little one, then you're in the right place. This is Chasing Courage. Episode 21. Oh my goodness, guys. Wow. Do I have something so special for you guys today? I had the pleasure to sit down with my neighbor, my friend, absolutely beautiful woman inside and out. Um, she is she is a mother um, of one little boy, and she is an emergency room nurse. She is just she's such a sweetheart, and she's so open and honest and raw and transparent. And I can totally vibe with that, right? And I really think that you guys will too because this is what we're all about here. We're all about being transparent and we're all about just talking about the hard stuff. And my friend Melissa has definitely been through some hard, hard stuff. And what's crazy is that Melissa is somebody who didn't deal with depression or anxiety any time in her life up until becoming a mother. And that's so opposite of me. And I find that so interesting, but I know that that's reality. And I'm so, I don't even know if excited is the right word, but I'm just anxious for you all to hear her story. Because like I said, there's there's no one way to go about being um, pregnant and the feelings that you feel and the way that you might experience anxiety or depression or the baby blues or postpartum depression. It's all so unique to the individual woman and the individual mother. And I cannot wait to hear what you guys think about this. Please, please send us your feedback. Um, Take a screenshot, share this in your Instagram and your Facebook stories and just send Melissa so much love. Thank her for being on this podcast and sharing her story with us. And I hope that, you know, if anything, you're a educated a little bit more than you were before. If you aren't too familiar with uh, postpartum depression and what that anxiety and those feelings uh, can look like. And if you are, you know, I hope that you get a little glimpse into the fact that there, there is, there's hope, um, that we, we can get better and that we can overcome this and we can be great mothers, uh, despite having dealt with this. So without further ado, here's my interview with Melissa. Hey guys, welcome to the show today. I have a um, special guest for you. I have my neighbor and my friend Melissa here. And this interview is super exciting because it's my first in-person interview. Um, So yeah, I'm so excited because all my other interviews have been over a computer screen and I can walk to Melissa's house. So she walked over here and we're doing an interview. I thought that we should obviously first start out with 
talking about how we met because mm-hmm. uh, that was a fun night. <laughs> I think you know more about that night than I do for whatever reason. <laughs> um, okay, well, so first of all, I have to ask if you wore your drug rug on purpose. <laughs> Actually, no, I didn't. But now that's a good thing to bring up. Yes. Yeah. The first thing that I had on meeting Courtney was my infamous drug rug, which I have a really good collection of. Um, and Courtney judged me a little bit for my drug rug, I think. I totally did. Okay, so let me paint the picture. We we had a get-together over at our other neighbor's house for Labor Day. But this was 2019, so we're talking a little over a year ago. And this girl, Melissa, is sitting all knees up in her chest, like all closed off with her drug rug on. (laughs) And I'm like meeting her for the first time. And this is so terrible because I'm really not like a judgmental person, but I was hardcore judging her. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this girl. (laughs) And it's funny because like she just said, she's wearing the drug rug right now and uh i don't know that's that's just funny but she said she didn't do that on purpose <laughs> no it's actually just because they're so warm and it's it's chilly cold. outside yeah it's like actually like fall outside right now um okay so what we're going to talk about today is which i've shared with you guys my listeners um you know multiple times that i struggle with uh mental health and after i had my son chase i struggled with postpartum depression And that was kind of one of the things that, I guess, sparked our friendship, Mm -hmm. Um, which, I mean, I guess that's kind of depressing if you think about it. Like, (laughs) Let's be friends over depression. (laughs) Yeah, let's be friends because we both suffered from (laughs) depression. Um, But, I mean, that is one of the, like, first real serious conversations that we had with each other. So Mm -hmm. um, I will let Melissa kind of give a bullet point or summary you know, just your, your husband and your marriage and Mm -hmm. like you guys, like, you know, leading up to that, like your relationship and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. So my husband is Matt. Um, Matt and I actually have known each other pretty much our whole lives. Um, our elementary school yearbook, I'm in kindergarten, he's in first grade and I have his name circled with cute written next to it. Yeah, um, how weird is that? I don't even remember ever doing that or feeling that way because him and I really didn't talk much, you know, growing up and we kind of had a different group of friends in high school. Um, but I always knew of him. And then right after high school, we started having some mutual friends. We started hanging out. And now it's been almost 14 years that we've been together. Crazy. Um, we got married in 2015. So we just had our five-year wedding anniversary and then we had our son Jude in 2017. Yep so they have a little boy and right that that mirrors my family and what I have too um and Jude is one year older one year and two months yeah right one year and two months older than Chase and they're literally like Mm -hmm. best buddies yeah did you always want children was that always a thing I think I always envisioned myself being a mom and having a child um matt and i have seven nieces and nephews that are all older than jude and pretty much just grew up you know alongside all of them the oldest one is 16 um he's about to be 17 he's driving now and i mean matt came into my life when he was only three years old since then you know there's been all these other nieces and nephews and we're just always around them we're so close with our family um and he just knew that i'd be a good mom i knew that he'd be a good dad but there were times we wondered, is a kid right for our lifestyle? Mm-hmm. You know, because we wanted to party, have fun, 
But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think we knew we wanted to have a baby. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I know that we've kind of talked about this, but you can tell the listeners. Um, did you, prior to being pregnant, have um, you know any type of anxiety or depression? Not at all. Like in my whole entire life, I would say no. Not anything that um, controlled my life. I guess you know I had your normal little like high school breakup or things that would make you upset yeah, like yeah. your everyday type of things um you know getting upset over something in school or a fight with a friend but nothing that was ever kind of controlling my life or debilitating in any way I mean I know that that happens to like a ton of women but for me I remember when I got pregnant I was like well Rob so there's this thing called postpartum depression and I'm probably going to get it because I already suffer from anxiety and depression. So like, here, I've signed up for it. Yeah. I never really knew anybody that experienced it before. So yes, of course I knew it existed because I was reading, you know, the pregnancy mm-hmm. books and, um, I always knew it, it was out there, but I thought I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. Um, having been so close with seven nieces and nephews yep. and, you know, taking them places when they were children and doing all of this stuff and babysitting them. I never had an ounce of anxiety about any of it. I felt so comfortable and felt like I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, looking back, the only thing that was different was I didn't have the big hormonal shift and obviously just give birth to mm-hmm. any of them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's no joke that, you know, if you've never had depression or anxiety in your life, whatever that hormonal shift is and what you just go through physically and mentally after actually having your own child is something that you just can't even describe. Yeah. you re- And like, I love that you were talking about like your nieces and nephews, because that's exactly how I was with the kids that I nannied. Mm-hmm. Like everything was fine mm-hmm. when they would have tantrums or cry. And I even, I mean, I did sleep. Did you do sleepovers with them? Um, yeah. I mean, I actually lived with a couple of them um, for a while because I had lived with my parents still during college and my brother had lived at home with my parents with one of his kids for a while. So we had this like big sort of like family at my parents' house. Um, so I I guess it's not really a sleepover. We all lived in the same home, Yeah, you know, but there were times where my brother would work really late and I would be the one, you know, putting my nephew to bed, giving his bath, you know, doing all those like nightly routine things that like a mom would do. Um, but nothing kept me awake Yeah, at all with any of them ever. No. You know, it was just, okay, they're in bed, they're going to sleep and I'm either going to watch TV or do what I'm going to do and then I'm going to go to sleep. And that was just that. Yeah. And now looking back at me personally, I feel like, I feel like an idiot for thinking, oh, this is what being a mom is Mm going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, so even throughout the pregnancy, obviously your hormones are changing, but like, did you feel anything, whether it be emotionally, mentally? Towards the end of my pregnancy, I actually started Googling a little bit about, um, there's a word for it, but I can't think of it. Basically just postpartum depression, but while you're pregnant. Yes. I don't know if it's prepartum depression. No, there is a word uh, and I can't think of it either. Antipartum. I don't really know what the word is, but towards the end of my pregnancy, I was just second guessing my decision, Mm -hmm. you know, am I really gonna like be a mom? Am Mm -hmm. I really going to be able to do this? And just getting really scared and nervous, but also just wondering like, 
did I make the right choice to become a mom? Because we, you know, planned this out um, after our marriage. We had been married for exactly a year, and we decided, okay, now it's time to have a baby. Yeah. So that's what we did. It happened. Right. And now I'm just a planner, you know, and I'm just wondering, did I plan the right thing for my life? Yeah. So I was just totally second-guessing everything. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so then... I mean, tell me about the first few days of Jude's life. Well, so we obviously spent the first couple of days at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was first born, to be honest with you, I didn't have that immediate connection of just, he, you know, is born, they place him right on my chest, and yes, of course, I loved him. I thought he was perfect. I thought he was the best thing ever. But it's just that some parents describe an immediate, overwhelming love. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel that. Yeah. I didn't feel that until he was five days old. Um, We had gone to his doctor's appointment. They wanted to just reassess him because he had a little bit of jaundice. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were just encouraging me to, like, keep nursing him and place him um, by a window for some natural sunlight and things like that. So I think... I was just worried, like, am I doing all that I can do to make sure that he's healthy? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, am I producing enough milk? Am I doing everything right? Or is he going to have to go back to the hospital and get treatment for jaundice? And yeah, so we left the pediatrician's office and I was starving. So we stopped at a Bob Evans. Now, was Matt with you? He was with me. Yeah. Um, We stopped at Bob Evans and he's inside getting our food to go and I was in the back seat with Jude because he was five days old and I had to ride in the back with him yep um and when he came out I was just bawling my eyes out and he was like what is wrong with you and I was like I don't even know yeah I just was looking at Jude's face when he was in the in the restaurant and I just had this overwhelming sense of love for him Aww. and just something came over me where I knew that I had to do whatever I could to protect him and make sure he was healthy. And I can't even describe it. It It's just crazy. Oh, <laughs> I've never heard that story before for the record. <laughs> um, my first real breakdown, um, Chase actually wasn't, I mean, he was around as in like alive and present, but he was 10 days old mm-hmm. and Rob and I went out to dinner in, I remember, it must have been the in-laws that watched Chase, and Rob and I were driving to dinner, and like we were just driving in silence, and I remember I just started crying my mm-hmm. eyes out, like crying like somebody died, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, we're, we're parents, and we have a child, and we're going out to eat, and he's 10 days old, like is this okay, and like just mm-hmm. like, just so upset, just so emotional, Yeah. and Rob was like, that's this is a lot of emotion. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why aren't you talking to me? Like, <laughs> do you not love me now that I'm a mom? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just so, if you are not yet a mom, I don't think you can prepare for that, no. those feelings. I wonder if the, is the emotion like that or just like the random crying, is that automatically tied to postpartum depression or is that something that maybe just all new moms go through. Well, I feel like there's that period of a couple weeks after you the have baby your baby blues. Where, is that what they call yeah, them? Yeah, your baby blues. And 
100%, I would say that's what I had. But then when it continues on to a point of, you know, being a little more in-depth and lasting a little longer than that, kind of once your hormones have leveled out, I think that's where you kind of classify as, like, this is not your normal baby blues. This is more of, like, a postpartum depression. And, I mean, yeah, you could say I have both, I guess. Yeah. You know? Um, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes, but I'm pretty sure that I read somewhere that, like, the baby blues is, like, the t- first two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like anything that would um, linger after that. Um, so you and I had talked about how, well, okay, it should be known to, uh, that I bottle fed Chase. I mean, I tried to breastfeed for a little bit, but uh, Melissa, you you breastfed. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how that may have played a part in some of your feelings. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think that there's so much pressure on moms to um, breastfeed, and I definitely felt that pressure, but it was also something that I was kind of passionate about too, that I wanted to do it because I felt like it was best, and I felt like I was letting Jude down if I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people in my family... Um, you know, some of my nieces and nephews were bottle fed right from the beginning and they are completely perfectly healthy. Mm -hmm. They are so smart. They have no health problems. They're perfect. Yeah. You know? Um, but I had just convinced myself that I was letting him down and not being the best mom I could be unless I, I breastfed him. And that is just because of the pressure that is put on people, Mm -hmm. you know, I think with social media too, you always are comparing yourself to other moms. And I know multiple other moms that had a baby right around the same time as I did with Jude, some of them breastfed and some of them bottle fed. But I just looked at the moms that kind of seemed to breeze through the breastfeeding process as like, why can they do it? And why can't I, Mm -hmm. you know, why is it so easy for them? And I'm struggling so much. So I just feel like no matter what your journey was, if it was breastfeeding or bottle feeding, even if nobody thinks you have a struggle, I'm sure you had some type of struggle with it, you know? Um, doesn't matter what what path you took, you, I'm sure, questioned it and struggled with the decision that you made. Yeah. Was it more depression or anxiety, do you feel, like that you felt around breastfeeding? Um, definitely more anxiety, I would say. Just, I would say my whole journey even though I cried a lot, I didn't really feel sad. So I felt very anxious, which I can get into many stories about that mm-hmm. here in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say more anxiety just mixed in with not sad. Yeah. No clue why I'm bawling my eyes out for the 10th time today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but okay, go, so let's backtrack a little bit. First thing is, was you said, you know, after a couple weeks when you were still feeling like, down, depressed, anxious, that's Mm -hmm. when you were like, okay, maybe this is more than the baby blues. Was there anything else? Was there like a a moment in time or a situation that occurred? Um, Any particular point, I guess? Or was it just, it was lasting a long time and so you were like, this is not normal? Yeah, it was lasting um, just longer than normal and I just kept finding new things to worry about. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you know, but everybody doesn't know. I'm a nurse, um, specifically an emergency room nurse. So 
I am trained and know how to recognize a lot of emergencies Mm -hmm. and I take care of sick kids all the time and it's just so different when it's your own baby. Yeah. Um, It definitely made me have more empathy for parents that bring their kids in for pretty minor things, you know, to the emergency room. Um, For sure. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. There's a lot of times where I talked myself out of calling the doctor, um, calling my nurse friends and rushing to the emergency room uh, Mm -hmm. because I had to step back and think, is this normal? What are they going to do? This is probably something that's just going to have to pass, you know? Yeah. Um, I had to really step back and and look at it from a a different standpoint, which is really hard to do. A nurse point of view and not a mom point of view? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's it's completely different. Um, I can take care of a sick child that's not mine, no problem. Um, because that's part of being a nurse is doing your job and not taking it home with you. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of easy for me to always separate work and home. Mm-hmm. But becoming a mom made it really hard to figure out, yeah. you know, oh my God, this is my baby. I'm responsible for this baby and yeah. I have to make sure that he's okay. Yeah. So every little thing really just worried me. I was constantly online Googling everything. And I always kind of remind my parents, the parents of my patients, Google is going to tell you the most scary thing in the world that could be wrong with your child. Mm -hmm. And you are going to think that they're about to die. Yeah. But they're going to be okay. This is what's wrong. Um, So I'm constantly doing what I tell everybody not to do, which is get on Google, Google the symptoms of this, and it gives you the worst possible scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, So I freaked myself out a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll go into, go into, you know, one or two of the other stories or times of just cause I really want, like, especially for, if there's anybody who, I guess what, who I'm thinking of right now is the expecting moms and granted, I don't want anybody who's listening to touch your little baby bump and be like, what did we get ourselves into? But <laughs> right. like you said, um, you were talking about, like, I didn't really know anybody who had postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. I feel like people just don't share yeah. these types of mm-hmm. stories. Like people don't post, you know, about the right. <laughs> terrible day or the thing that they cried over or whatever. Right. And same with me. I can't point out anybody specifically prior to becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. Now that I've become a mom and I talk about it, I meet so many people like you. Right. But prior to becoming a mom, I never... Uh, a family member, a friend, anybody who'd been like, yeah. oh, like they talked to me about how they suffered from yeah. depression because of their baby. I feel like you also, you don't want to scare a new mom. Right. And because not every mom experiences this yeah. either. You might have. And God bless you of, if you don't. <laughs> yeah. You kind of have that. You just are naturally just like zen. Yeah. You know, I know somebody like that who struggled with anxiety and depression before having a baby. They get pregnant, they have a baby, and they're just, like, killing it on motherhood. Wow. And they don't have anxiety and depression anymore. And I'm like, I'm kind of the opposite. Yeah. I never had any of this in my life, and then I have a baby, and boom, I'm just completely anxious and crying every day. And I had a lot of um, anxiety when Jude would get hungry and want to nurse. Mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have help. Um mm. Just, and it's not that Matt wasn't helping because he was, it was just, I couldn't say here, you feed him this time. Right. You know, because 
I could, but then I'd have to pump to mm-hmm. replace that feeding because I don't want my supply to go down. Um, so there were so many times where he's like, you know, you don't have to stress yourself out so much over this. You can just give him a bottle and he doesn't have to be breastfed. And same thing my family told me, you know, you're, you're driving yourself crazy mm-hmm. with, with the breastfeeding. And I, it didn't matter what anybody told me. I was going to succeed at that. Yeah. Um, Jude did get to the point where he was almost completely on formula when he was two weeks old. And I was purposely trying to stop breastfeeding him. Okay. Because I wanted to have a little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be able to sleep more and just have Matt, you know, take a couple hours and and just let me sleep or let me go do something yeah. to where I felt like I wasn't attached to this baby 24-7. Yeah. Um, and I ended up weaning myself pretty much off of the pump. I was down to pumping one time a day just to not like pretty much get mastitis and mm-hmm. feel really full. Right. Um, and I was only pumping four ounces a day. So I woke up the next day and I said, nope, I have to get back to breastfeeding. Oh my gosh. So it took me um, about a month and a half of drinking so many fluids, making lactation cookies, um, doing everything that I could to boost my supply up, power pumping like around the clock. Oh my God. Um, and I got up to the point where I was so anxious about what he's taking in. So I was only pumping for a, that month and a half, almost two months. Um, and I was measuring everything he was eating and measuring everything I was pumping. I got up to pumping about 40 to 45 ounces a day. And I was seeing lactation consultants who were so helpful. Um, and they said, you're, you're making enough to feed your baby. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pump if you don't want to anymore. But I was so obsessed with keeping track of the numbers. Yeah. Um, so I would take him to the group, um, the breastfeeding group, and you do like a weighted feed. So you take him there, just strip him down to a diaper, a dry diaper, and you weigh them. Then you go over, you sit in your chair, you nurse them, and you weigh them again, and you see how many ounces they drank. I did that once with Chase. Yeah. So I went there multiple times and did that, and I feel like they were so impressed with my determination to go from weaning myself from the pump, you know, to four ounces a day, all the way up to like 40 to 45 ounces a day. Um, They would like use me as example in the class and asked me to help other moms with relactation. So I kind of felt good yeah. after that. Like and it just became like it was easier. a mood it was a mood booster sort yeah, of. Uh, yeah. Breastfeeding became so much easier at that like three month mark. And people told me that in the beginning, the first couple of weeks when I was really struggling and it was just three months seemed like it was a year away. Yeah. You know, I just felt like there's no way I'm gonna make it to three months. Mm-hmm. So I took a little bit of time you know, just at home with Jude where we didn't go anywhere for a couple of days. And I just nursed him all, th- all three days. Um, no bottles or anything like that. And luckily he had no issues with switching from having a bottle for a month and a half, almost two months to latching back on appropriately. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't feel comfortable. I kind of stayed at home so we could get like our practice game down, Yeah, you know, of how is this going to work? And it just worked. 
I didn't feel anxious about it anymore for whatever reason. I just, I felt really accomplished and like I could do it. Yeah. So I just did it and I ended up nursing him for 15 months until he weaned himself. So would, I mean, so would you say from three, from three months that next year then, right? Those next 12 months was pretty smooth sailing. Yes. Okay. That's good. It was. I, I really had no problems at all. That's, I mean, again, everybody's journey is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but like she said, she was warned and told, you know, the first couple of months is going to be pretty hard. Um, mm-hmm. Which, right, I feel like when we're doing anything new, mm-hmm. when you're doing anything new, it's hard at first. You don't, you don't know what you're doing. You've never done it before. Yeah. Um, how was your, now you say, you know, after three months, mm-hmm. Jude's three months old now, breastfeeding's better. You obviously have to be a little bit... Um, in brighter spirits because that's going successfully but how are you otherwise at that point like from three months on still lacking sleep and I will tell you that a lack of sleep for me just in general pre-baby as well is just not good Mm -hmm. I need sleep Mm -hmm. I've always been a sleeper I will sleep 12 hours if you let me yeah (laughs) so um the lack of sleep was really hard for me and I feel like in the the first couple of weeks that I actually teetered on the edge of like a postpartum psychosis. Um, I talk had, about what that is. So postpartum psychosis is literally like you're not thinking normally. You, you're not thinking clearly at all. You can sometimes have even like hallucinations. Um, And I think for me, it was because of a lack of sleep because I was so anxious that something was going to happen to Jude, you know, that he was going to die in his sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had, I had just freaked myself out about it so bad that I had convinced myself of scenarios. Um, It was, you know, he slept in a bassinet next to our bed so I could easily get him out and nurse him. Right. I always put him back in the bassinet. Um, because I didn't want to be so tired and roll over on him, suffocate him. And somebody I know that happened to them. They fell asleep nursing their baby and woke up hours later and the baby was deceased. Shush. Yeah. So that had just always been in the back of my mind. She's a big supporter of safe sleep. So, you know, the ABCs of safe sleep. Yep. Um, oh my God. I, I just was it was important to me to make sure that he didn't co-sleep. Right. And I know that works for some people and I totally get it because I want to co-sleep now. Yeah. He won't cuddle with me. Yeah. You know, um, but now he loves struggle. So yeah, but I would wake up and be sweating and in a panic, ripping the sheets off of the bed, looking for Jude in the bed. And it kind of freaked out Matt because he's like, what are you doing? You know, I'm like, Jude's daddy's in the bed. And he's like, Melissa, he's in the bassinet. And then I would like realize, okay, he's in the bassinet. He's okay. He's breathing. Everything's fine. That happened to me so many times. Oh my. And it was just scary. Um, There were times where looking back, I know I was having a panic attack, but I thought that I had carbon monoxide poisoning. So we would just be in the living room and I would go into apparently a panic attack where I would feel really lightheaded, nauseous, dizzy. Um, And I was like, oh, these are all signs of 
carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm -hmm. So that must be what's going on. So I would sit next to the window with the window open to get fresh air. Um, I would hold Jude next to me, you know, by the window. I bought countless carbon monoxide detectors and swore none of them worked. Oh my gosh. Um, I had one in his room. I had one in our room. I had them all over the house. And I just swore. I kept buying more because I thought they were defective. Matt would try and tell me, you know, like it, like if, if we had carbon monoxide in the house, one of these alarms would be going off. Right. And, and they weren't. Right. But I was convinced that we were all going to die. Oh my gosh. I also, I bought one that was, um, a carbon monoxide detector slash temperature reader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that said, was the temperature in your house? Was? Yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, we always had the thermostat set at, you know, say 70 degrees, but of course Google tells me that the baby's most comfortable in a room that is between 68 and 72 degrees. So we live in a split level home. It's kind of hard to regulate each level based on one, Mm -hmm. you know, room, one setting. So I would lie awake and watch the temperature. And if it went up to 73 degrees, I would take layers off of Jude And then if it ever went down to 67 degrees, I would put layers back on Jude. To keep him within that four degree range. To keep him within a four degree range in the bedroom. Yes. And guys, this is, Melissa's a nurse. Okay. (laughs) Point done. Thank you. Um, Yes. Matt would try and tell me if he's hot, he'll probably wake up and cry. Mm -hmm. If he's cold, he'll probably wake up and cry and let you know. But I slept on and off watching the temperature, my hand on him, making sure he was breathing and it wow. just, it was really hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I do remember worrying about the temperature um, and being anxious about, you know, because, or many things. I'm like, cause he can't, he can't tell us. Yeah. I mean, up until they're like one and a half, really, mm-hmm. they're not going to tell you. Yeah. It's that, I think that was one of the things that gave me the most anxiety was when he was crying, not knowing why. Mm-hmm. Cause like, okay, say Jude did wake up and he was crying because he was hot. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know he's crying because he's hot? Right. What if he's crying because he's hungry? What if he's crying because yeah. he needs his diaper change? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the diaper change, you can easily figure that out. But like, yeah. how do you know? Right. Yeah, it's just a guessing game because then sometimes when you feel like you have everything, they're fed, their diaper's clean. You know? You, you they're, think their temperature's probably comfortable. They feel like a good temperature and it's like they're still crying. Like, what else can I do for yes. you? You know? And yeah, you sometimes will carry them around while they're crying forever and you feel like you're just never going to do the right thing. Yes. As you were going through all of this, when family or friends would come over and see you guys, I mean, did anybody at the time while you were going through it in real time, did people know like, okay, like Melissa's a little off or Melissa seems sad or Melissa seems stressed out? Um, And if so, what were they, if anything, saying to you? Um, I mean, my, my immediate family definitely knew um, my mom, my brother, my dad, my husband, of course, knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like just nobody had really, like, the right answer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, they didn't know what to say. Um, you know, my parents own a business in the town that we live in, and it's a three-minute drive from our house. So it took me a long time to actually be able to get in the car and drive from our house three minutes away to their business with Jude because of my anxiety. So I would get up some days and force myself to get dressed, 
and take him up there just to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd take him up there. I would sit in a chair and just be up there bawling. And I just, you know, remember my brother bringing up a good point about, well, you were so good with all of the kids, you know, all of your nieces and nephews and you know, you know what you're doing. Like you've got this, you know, everything's going to be okay. And if he has to have a bottle or if he has to do this or do that, like he's going to be okay. You're a good mom. And I remember thinking like, yeah, I know I was good with all of the nieces and nephews. And I did like, I did an amazing job taking care of them, but I didn't have that hormonal mother instinct. Yeah. So my mom and dad are so busy with owning their business. And I would say that a hard part was not having as many visitors as I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really willing to leave the house that much either because of my anxiety. So it was something that I wish I would have had like a neighbor like you yeah, to just come over and sit with me. Yeah. I mean, it would it'd probably be totally different. I feel like now... I always try and check on my good friends that have little ones. Yeah. Um, because I know how hard it can be. And, you know, sometimes people will have a mom or a sister or somebody that is kind of like, oh, let me come stay with you for the first couple of weeks, you know, and help you out or make you dinner and do all this stuff. And I did feel like I didn't have that. Yeah. And I, I wanted that. Mm-hmm. I, that was a huge part of just me feeling alone. Yeah. Um, Matt had two weeks off of work, which just wasn't enough, but it's just the way it is. Uh huh. Um, and no. after he went back after that two weeks, I was a wreck. Yeah. I cried so, so much. I did not want him to go back to work. I did not know how I was going to stay home with a baby by myself every day. Yep. You bring up a good point about people having a friend or family member to come stay the first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And like I was one of those people I think I've shared with you for like five or six weeks after he was born. My mom came three to four days every week. But the point that I want to make is like people think that it's just like that initial, okay, what it, let's call it the first one, two, three months. Mm-hmm. But then what happens after that? And like I'm sitting here now with almost two and a half year old and you have almost three and a half year old or three and a half year old. And there's days where you just still want and need help. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that maybe, I don't know if stigma is the right word mm-hmm. or not, but like the way new moms only need help in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just like, don't believe that. Like, I feel like anybody who wants to help and is willing to help, like, let's like, let's yeah. take it. And well, they say it takes a village and yep. that I think applies to your entire life of raising kids right, the up whole, until they're adults, you know, yes. like it does. And you and I, I feel like are the perfect example of helping each other out in that way. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've ever mentioned this on here before or not, but that our kids go to the same babysitter. Yeah. I don't know if I have or not. So, you know, like if there's a day where you and your husband are going to be late from work or there's a day where I need Jude picked up from the babysitter, like we can do that for each other. Yeah. And I remember one of the first times you asked me, hey, look, I need like an hour. Mm -hmm. Can I please bring Chase over? Yeah. I'm like, yes, bring him over an hour, two hours, three hours. It doesn't matter. Bring him over. He can play with Jude. 
I'll cook him dinner. Everything will be fine. Yeah. And you like, I don't know, probably five minutes later, you're like walking in the door. <laughs> yeah. Like, here you go. Here's my like, child. Okay. Thank you. Like, just go do what you have to do. But it kind of opened the door for me to feel comfortable asking you for that yep. in the future too. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our relationship. I feel like if I said I need an hour, I need two hours. I don't care if I'm going to take a nap. I don't care yep. if I'm going to shower or go to the grocery store or do whatever. Like yep. if you need a little bit of a break, I'm here for you. And yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And like, if for anybody listening, I, I, I wish and hope that everybody could have like this type of dynamic. I literally looking back at the last year of my life, I don't, I don't know what I would do without Melissa and her family, but like, it's so true. I mean, there's been times where Chase has gone over to her son's house strictly just because I wanted her son and my son to have time to play together. But then there's also been times where I've sent him over there because I'm like, you know what? My house is a wreck and I need like an hour to just tidy up my house to feel mm-hmm. sane, to yeah. like tackle the rest of the week. Yeah. And um, to, to not be judged for that either. Like she said, if I'm going to bring him over because I need to take a nap and there might be one or two times where we've had to watch each other's children because we drank too much on a Saturday. And so then we take turns watching the kids yeah. on a Sunday, Sunday while we sleep. recovery mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys. <laughs> but like, that's what you do. Yeah. And that helps so much because tell me if I'm wrong, but Melissa has gotten a, I would, I would say a lot better with her anxiety and depression, um, than I have with like toddler stage. Like Mm. I still am pretty deep in it with Chase. Um, But having that escape, I don't know how else to say this without this sounding terrible, but having somewhere that I can safely send Chase Mm -hmm. so I can get my mind right. Mm -hmm. If he's stressing me out because of his tantrums or whatever. um, I mean that it's, it's really a game changer. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I hope that that's not going to last forever, but mm-hmm. here I am at two and a half years in and I still just sometimes when he cries, I just lose my mind. I think there's always a difficult part for every stage of having a baby. Like when they're a newborn, there's a difficult part. When they're starting to walk and get into things, there's another difficult part. When they're two, you know, with talking and potty training type of stuff and just terrible twos yeah is real mm-hmm. and it doesn't get better when they turn three mm-hmm. people told me that and jude was actually really good about two now that he's three it's like he missed his terrible twos and just went right into terrible threes right i mean there's a challenge with every single age and you know i am getting a lot better i would say with my anxiety. I'm becoming a lot more laid back with things too. Yes. Um, and just trying not to stress out so much, but also it's just more of like just personal growth. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm happy in my marriage. I'm happy with my job and having a baby is so hard on your marriage. Um, I feel like especially for Matt and I, we were together for, I guess like over 10 years without a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all we knew. Yeah. And bringing in a baby was just a real game changer for our relationship. Um, so that contributed to my postpartum depression and anxiety for sure. Cause you're so used to this dynamic uh-huh. of your relationship. Yeah. We had to really learn how to be together as parents. Yep. Um, I didn't go back to work really either for a while after Jude was born. Um, 
I, I just couldn't. I didn't have a trusted babysitter at the time mm-hmm. to be able to work a, like a full-time job. So I pretty much just worked like one day a week. Um, PRN, they call it, like when you're a nurse. So just kind of as needed. I made my own schedule, which I still do, but I work more hours now. But I think looking back that me kind of getting back into the routine of work and finding that bit of myself again mm-hmm. would have been a lot more beneficial. Yeah. And I don't want to say this to sound like bad, but I was almost just 100% mom and nothing else. Yes. You know, but there's other parts of you. Mm-hmm. You're a wife, you're a friend, you're a daughter, you're, you know, an employee, you're all of these other things too. And I kind of just let everything else go. Yeah. And I only was focused on mom, 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 mom. Yes. And I really needed to find me again. The other parts of yeah. you that exist. Yes. So oh, once I yes. started to do that, um, you know, then the you're other a better aspects mom. of my life have gotten better. Yeah. And I'm a better mom. Yep. Yes. I feel like for me, it really is important to have that self-care time. Mm-hmm. Or, And I know some people will say, well, taking a shower is not self-care. But to me, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, there were days where I felt like I couldn't even get a shower in because I was too anxious. Mm-hmm. So now I will gladly go stand in my shower for a half an hour mm-hmm. and take that as me time. Yep. Or whether it's going, you know, out with your friends or getting a facial or a pedicure, or going to have a cup of coffee by yourself. Those are all things that I do for myself because mm-hmm. I'm a better mom when I am happy and doing things for myself. Right. And Jude's, he's happier because yeah. Jude also needs to learn that he can't be with me a hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. because I do work and I do have other things. Um, and it's good for him to socialize with other kids yep. and learn how to be away from us really for a little bit. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree with that. Um, did, I forget. Did we talk about, did you, um, go to counseling at all? Um, I did for a while. Yes. Um, I can't remember how old Jude was. I think he was around a year and a half old. And this isn't somebody really who specialized in postpartum depression or anything like that. It was just like a general counselor. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I benefited from it too much. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, I don't know if it was maybe a choice of a counselor. Maybe I didn't have the right person for me. Right. But I feel like I found more um, relief from just talking with other people like you yeah. and finding kind of like a social media little tribe yep. of other moms who had gone through things that I have gone through. Yeah. But, you know, I do think counseling is for sure beneficial and not everybody has somebody like you and I do. Right. Or even feels comfortable talking with their friends or family about right. how they feel. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's worth a shot for yeah. anybody, you know? Well, and I think I would say if, if you, if you have the anxiety or postpartum depression, and I mean, whether your baby is two months old or two years old, um, you really truly do have like so many options mm-hmm. that would be, that would be my advice. And just, I mean, me and Melissa are the perfect example because like I went to counseling and like I felt that I benefited from it and needed it. Mm-hmm. And you felt that that wasn't what, you know, helped you get over it. Yeah. Um, but then in the sense, we both agreed that um, 
you know, going back to work Mm -hmm. was something that was something that helped us be better moms, which prior to becoming a mom, I would think, wait, you went back to work, you went away from your baby Mm -hmm. and that somehow made you a better mom. Yeah. That never would have made sense sense to me until now. (laughs) Yeah. And there are a lot of resources out there. Like you said, you know, there's even, I mean, pre-COVID groups that meet in person for postpartum depression um, and you can take your child with you. So that's a huge help. I feel like, you know, you kind of just go sit with your kids and a group of moms who are going through exactly what you're going through mm-hmm. and you just talk. Yeah. Um, or there's, you know, counselor, there's medication, there's so many things out there, but yeah, you're not alone. If you've had like the worst thought, you think you're the worst mom, so has, so has the next yes. person. Yep. And you're, and you're not like the fact that you're worrying so much. Yes. Are you doing things right? Am I doing the best I can? Is my baby happy? You're probably doing everything right. Your baby's probably the happiest baby. Um, because parents that don't care, they don't worry that much. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. That's so good. All right. Well, unless you have anything else that you would like to say, I think that that is a very good point to end on. Yes. But I do want to end on another note. Okay. Actually. All right. Let's end um, on another note. Speaking of self-care. Yes. So this weekend... We are going away together. Yes. Um, so our our little neighborhood um, clique that we have is five of us couples. Um, actually, only four of us are going to be able to go and then two other couples. Um, but we're going away for the weekend, renting a cabin um, without kids. So we all have our families helping us with our kids for two nights so we can get away and have some adult time. Um and I'm kind of nervous because it's the first time I'll be away from Jude for two nights. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's my first time for three nights away from Chase. Yes. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll be checking our phones and talking about our kids half of the time. Yeah. But um, this is part of self-care, I feel like. And yes. being the best moms and even, you know, obviously our husbands are coming, um, being just the best family that we can be mm-hmm. for our kids and doing this for ourselves. <laughs> yes. No, a hundred percent. And so we're recording this prior to our trip. Um, and when this episode airs, we will have already gone on our trip. So maybe we'll have to do, I'll do like an Instagram post or something with yeah. some of our pictures and like an update to let mm-hmm. everybody know how our trip was. I mean, I'm sure that it's just going to be yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be lots of food, hot tub, bonfires, your typical kind of out in the woods cabin type of feel. And I'm just so excited so because I think I... we all, we all really need this right yes, now. For sure. We all have three-year-olds, two-year-olds, and we're ready yes, to go on a little trip. Yeah, so, we so are. Yeah. And if you're listening and you have the opportunity I strongly suggest that um, you do the same. <laughs> and meet your neighbors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't be afraid. Take cookies over to your new neighbors that moved in. Uh-huh. And don't be afraid to say hello. Because then a year from now, you might be sitting on the floor in their <laughs> office recording a podcast with them. Yes. Is basically what might happen. Mm-hmm. Or dropping your kids off at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank God for for good neighbors yes absolutely and we will uh end on that note thank you melissa thank you for checking out the chasing courage podcast 
If you vibed with this episode in any way, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, a fellow mama who might really need to hear this message today, or share it on your social media. If you have any feedback, takeaways, or questions, slide into my DMs on Instagram. I make a point to respond to each and every message. I'll be back next week, same time, same place. But until then, think about it. What will you chase today?